Hello, and welcome to G Talk and All That Jazz. This podcast is really the testimony of a friendship that spans over four decades. A friendship between two black professionals that began in Harlem, New York in the mid-1970s. As young men, both learning from each other on how to navigate the sometimes formidable and unapologetic streets of Harlem, New York, both here and now, still standing with a wealth of transferable knowledge. As you join G and Jazz on their journey of reflection, listen. Listen closely for the true messages about friendship, morality, and brotherly love. Because their trials and tribulations come at a cost. G and Jazz will share their thoughts and opinions on a variety of topics, from love and relationships to family and politics, and of course, friendship. Again, welcome to G talking all that jazz. Oh, and enjoy the journey. Buckle up. Jazz, what's going on, man? What's going on, Papa Doc? Listen, I'm feeling so very excited and inspired, man, by this new administration, man, that's going to take over in July, man. I feel, I just feel so pumped up. And I compare it to almost like Batman and the Joker, right? Really? So Batman and the Joker are kind of like the same person, but completely opposites. Joker is evil for no reason at all. He's just an evil, corruptible, uh, foul individual. And Batman is just good for no reason. He's a a billionaire. He don't have to be good. He's just good for no reason. So we just, we're coming out of uh, an administration that was just up to no good. It was up to chaos. It was up to confusion. Um, yeah. Being uh, um, uh, divisive, um, um, uh, uh, relegating and subjugating people of color, right? Just for no good reason. And statistics show not only in the United States, but across the world that um, terrorism increase, violent acts increase, um, a hatred, hate crimes increase, right? And so now we're going to a a, a, a new administration, almost like Batman, um, inc- inc- incorruptible. They tried to investigate Joe Biden, saying he was doing some foul things over right. in the U- Ukraine. No evidence. Yeah. He's, yeah, a, he's been right. a decent man for a very long time. Right. He has a track record as a vice president with probably one of the greatest presidents, President Obama, had. in modern day history. Right. Good, bad, or indifferent. And then look at his, look at the diversity of his cabinet. Yes, you see it. It's so many firsts. It's 11 firsts in terms of um, either being a person of color. He just, he just put in charge for, in, in Department of Interior, a Native American. Mm. He has a black man running the, e, the EPA. Mm. Uh, Boot Pinochet is an openly gay white man who's going to run um, the Department of Transportation. Yes. So did you see the, the representation and the diversity and the and the diversity means yes, it's reflective of our country as it is. Not only that, G, so mm-hmm. it's diversity in thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. Attitudes, opinions, and all is everything that shows organizations that are diverse create synergy. They go to the next level, higher levels. This is all proven. Organization yeah. stuff. So and look at it. And, and also, don't forget that we got uh, Kamala Harris as our new vice president. And I, and, 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 and I, I failed to say that. You're absolutely right. Look at these first. Mm-hmm. I feel so um, inspired, man, about what's about, about to happen. And I connect a lot of this to um, it was a CEO for Wells Fargo. I'm not even going to give the dignity of his name, but what he said was that there were not enough qualified CEOs. Yeah. So they did not, they could not meet so the candidates. Candidates. Like qualified candidates, right. Candidates. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. you look at all these people of color who are running the, the most powerful organization, the United States government in the world. So you that? are a liar, my friend. Yes. So I'm feeling really good, G. That's my thought. Good. And, and also, too, man, don't forget, you know, no, we had a hard 2020 year as well. Besides that guy that's leaving out of office, man, you know, with this with this uh, pan, this worldwide pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, now in 2021, man, you know, we're going to get the 
first taste of our vaccine, which brings us to our show today. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. So um, we got a great show planned for today. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we calling it, you know, The Cure. You know, <laughs> uh, to have a great discussion about The Cure. And and I would like to, before before I introduce our guest and read, uh, read his bio, uh, Jazz, you want to give our disclaimer first? Oh, oh, yes. Boom, 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 yes, boom, boom, yes. boom. Give our disclaimer, yes. This is a public service announcement. <laughs> all the stories you're about to hear are all true. Mm-hmm. Names, dates, and, and times will not be changed. Will not be changed. And if we happen to drop your name in one of these stories and it causes you to have a divorce, to lose your girlfriend, to lose all or half of your material possessions, you shouldn't have hung with us. And yep. we are sorry. But we are Beyonce sorry. Sorry. Scott. Not, <laughs> not sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I have the pleasure uh, today of introducing now our, our, our guest on our podcast today, Dr. Marvin Luther Crawford. Had been dubbed the preaching physician, a title very much reflective of his role as a pastor, professor, and physician. Doctors Henry and Ella Mitchell, we now homiletics professors described him as a rustic scholar with an excellent narrative gift. Dr. Crawford is in his 17th year as senior pastor at First St. Paul Amy Church of Lithonia, Georgia. He graduated magna cum laude from Albany State University and pursued his medical training at the University of Iowa College of Medicine, while also preparing for ordination ordination in the African Methodist Episcopal Church. He completed residency program in internal medicine at the Medical College of Georgia and received his DIV with honors with the Interdominational Theological Center. Dr. Crawford has centered his spiritual energies into encouraging the greatest of these to help and the least of these to hope. And all these pastures, food banks, educational assistance, healthcare education, economic empowerment, youth development, substance abuse intervention, housing and crime prevention, and have been the central point of his ministry. Presently, he is leading his congregation of 500 parishioners to collaborate with the church outreach to assist a local school in providing tutoring, paper, pencils, medicine, and rental assistance to children at risk. Dr. Crawford has has also received several awards, including Morehouse School of Medicine Internal Medicine Teacher of the Year, eight times in a 29-year career, six times the Overall Teacher of the Year, the Dean's Faculty of the Year Award, Outstanding Leadership Award in 2011, the Clark's Preaching Award of ITC, Turner Seminar of ITC Alumnus of the Year 2008, the Leonard Tao Human... Humanism in Medicine Award 2014 and the John Templeton Foundation Award for his spirituality and medicine curriculum endeavors. He has been invited to speak on multiple occasions across the nation, including preaching with power of the Philadelphia Lutheran Seminary. Dr. Crawford is noted for his ability to incorporate spirituality into patient care and is one of the nation's authentic experts in this area. He is noted for helping to develop the Morehouse School of Medicine curriculum on spirituality and medicine, which has one of the first programs in the nation with a media release in over 400 newspapers and other sources. He is the author and founder of the By These Healing Hands ceremony for graduating medical students that celebrates community service and charitable giving and compassionate caring. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to Dr. Crawford, our today's guest. And Dr. the Crawford, crowd the show. goes wild. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Dr. Crawford, it is so such a great to have you here on our podcast today. And we want to kind of like jump right into things. You know, this mm-hmm. podcast is about the discussion regarding the vaccination of the coronavirus a.k.a. COVID-19. So to my first question to you, I just want to come right out the gate and ask, can you please explain to our, our listeners in layman terms 
how does a vaccine for a virus get made? What is the process behind that? Yeah, you know, the, the, the whole premise behind the whole thing is that, uh, Gary, we're trying to make um, something that looks like the vaccine, or let's say the virus, or the virus, to be introduced to the body. And once you do it, the body naturally responds by making antibodies to the antigen, we say, all the, all the virus. So what you're doing is, and, and you know, the, the, the simple way that we probably know about it, see, vaccination, were vaccination before we call them vaccinations. One of the things that we know about vaccinations that I'm among Afro-American folks, for sure. Remember, it was when smallpox was in the late 1700s, it tearing up a place like Baltimore, Philadelphia, that portion of the country, some in the South, et cetera. But you know, uh, and, and they said that was a, a, among the slaves, they were not getting smallpox. You said, why in the world would they not get smallpox? Well, they had a, a practice they brought from Africa over where they would take a person who had smallpox and they would take that area and they would cut into it and get the blood and they were inoculated by cutting the other person and put their blood in that. And that was the form of the first vaccination. And probably where we got the ideas from. So vaccinations not foreign to us who are African descent. And the other one, the similar thing they used to do, remember when one child got the, 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 the measles and the mumps, et cetera, put everybody in the room and, and everybody, got, everybody got vaccinated. It was a natural vaccination process. But these are a little bit more complex, but the same principle. You're introducing the actual virus by way of something that looks just like uh, the virus itself, or a similar virus, into the body, and the body responds. Uh, uh, the new way they're doing it is uh, they're fancy because you got to do a lot of folks. You got to make it. You got to make it so you can pass it around and. And, and as I say, make a little money off it too. But <laughs> so, so let's be honest about it. But um, but uh, all we're doing is, is is passing along the the actual virus directly, or by a form that will make the virus. Now that Moderna and Pfizer virus that's coming out, they call it messenger RNA virus. Messenger RNA it carries into the nucleus of a cell, into the cytochrome of a cell the message and tell that cell to make something, to make it be a protein, make this or make that. It's the messenger. Uh, the body needs this, go make it. So that virus, what is, uh, that virus, let me say, that vaccine, what it does, it carries, you call it messenger RNA vaccine. It is programmed that you give the messenger RNA and it goes to the cell and it will tell the cells that, look, make this make this protein. And the protein that is making, though, is the spikes on top of the coronavirus. So we so we figure out a way. So go to the cell, tell the cell to make that. And when the body sees that spike protein, the body responds. It made it itself, though, but it responds by making antibodies to it. And it's mm. those antibodies that fights off the virus. And so that's the popular one that we go that we see at the Pfizer and Moderna. That's what they're doing. Messenger RNA is new in terms of using the human population, but it's old in terms of process, as Lynn mentioned earlier. The process by probably 1980s, uh, that was a young woman out of Hungary, really, who probably first pushed that and got beat up and beat down by by back and forth, back and forward. But eventually. You got to other scientists and, and they kind of made the process and say, yeah, this does make good sense and can be used in human diseases. That's one method and the one that we're using now. So those vaccines we have now called mesh-RNA vaccines. Again, they tell the body to make the spikes that you see on top of the coronavirus. The body makes the spikes and when the body sees the spikes, the body turns around and make an antibody to it. And the antibodies will float around that give you immunity, uh, vaccinate you from having the uh, coronavirus. The other methods they, they use is what we call you. Uh, you, you almost you don't tell the body to make the the antigen or the body to make something similar to the virus. Uh, you you actually give the virus itself in a what we call a form that is inactive. Uh, we call it a defective form. And in the defective form, 
you, you introduce the virus, it goes into the body, but it's inactive and it will not and it will not cause the disease. You might get some fever and chills, et cetera, but it does not cause that cause the actual disease. Uh, that is one form of it. The other one, and that is when you almost make make you take the virus itself, it looks very similar to the virus, of a virus very similar to it, and you and you introduce that virus over uh, into it. Uh, uh, and that's the other kind of methodology. And those they call them vectors. One of them, the other one they call some some, some other names. But but that's the whole concept. So again, now they make it very simple to everybody. But the goal in making a vaccine is to introduce a form of a virus to the body. All bacteria are coming back from bacteria vaccines too to the body that is inactive. And the body responds by making antibodies. Messing RNA, though, a little bit more complex, a little bit more, uh, uh, even probably safer because you don't have the actual virus at all. It programs the body to make a protein similar to what's on that virus. And, and it's, it, now that's, it is high tech, um, uh, folks say, uh, 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 medicine. Uh, and that's what we're going to see. Madonna and Pfizer does those. All right? So, so. What's being reported from from the early data and from the clinical trials is that these both these um, vaccines, the Pfizer vaccine and also Moderna, the ones that have been approved and are Pfizer is being rolled out already. Moderna should be rolled out in the next few, few days, probably. Mm -hmm. What the concern, I think, that's in the black community is it appears that these vaccines were developed so quickly. Overnight. Overnight. Mm -hmm. And because there's a high level of distrust, not only in the government, but mm -hmm. in healthcare, Black folks are very hesitant there are huge reservations. And a lot of it also is some of our own culture and how we um, um, how we respond to um, historical trauma. We are, our community is scared of this virus. How in the world could we have been impacted by cancer? for hundreds of years. How in the world have we been dealing with the uh, HIV virus for 30 plus years? How in the world have we had all these other uh, diseases and we could not find a vaccine? And then within uh, several months, we have this magic bullet. Oh, let, let me let me dissect the question down. I the first part about the issue of distrust among us as African Americans. I feel it. I know it. And and it and it and folks say historic from a historical standpoint, it is a legitimate concern and should not be thrown out of the door. And I think when we're going to deal with African Americans and other groups that have been victims of that discriminatory piece based off race, ethnicity, basically talking about brown people, American Indians and black folk. You know, I, I will put gender in there, but, uh, but I'm, I'm gonna leave it right there. I just mm -hmm. thought because those are, the, those are the bigger groups that we can trace and say, yes, based off this. So there's a distrust there. And, um, and um, uh, it's probably to get rid of distrust, uh, but you have to sell the piece though, the benefits of it in spite of the distrust. Uh, you know, I'm African American too, but I'm, I, I know eventually I'm, I, I probably need to get the virus, to get the vaccine. And the reason why, because I'm going to serve African Americans. I could be the vector to spread it to them if I do not, you know, or if I'm serving them and I become ill. Let's say a lot of us became ill. We have less folks to provide the care that they would need in order even to say, well, we ought to stop giving the vaccine here. That's so, 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 so there'll be some pluses and minuses to it. So you're absolutely right. I can't argue that point. And uh, um, one of the things that they did bring up, and it's a social plus or minus, that Afro-American woman participated in making this um, uh, uh, vaccine, the Pfizer vaccine, the BioNTech vaccine, uh, 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 Dr. Kizzy. Uh, may I call her that? If, so I can't recall her last name exactly. 
but um, uh, who's out of South Carolina, uh, but 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 uh, she uh, North Carolina. She's she's it, it is it is pieces that they can add on to it to help out. But when you won't really get rid of 100, percent uh, you know that going to be cautioned all the time among African Americans and rifles. So it's justifiable based off the past. But we have to come at some point. But at some point, we we'll, we'll be more comfortable with it. <laughs> and I wouldn't rush nobody to jump into it if they're not comfortable. Now, the other part of the question you raised to me is about the issue of um, of um, uh, really about uh, we 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 go we move quickly to develop a, a virus, a vaccine to this virus, and um, 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 uh, and I know why we move quickly though because if you follow the stats and what would happen, let's say we didn't develop a vaccine, and you and I meet together this time next year, <clears throat> you know, um, you know, I would. We probably talking about in somewhere close round to four or five million deaths, if not more. I mean, folks dying. Now, then you cannot calculate probably what are the the deleterious effects that be long term. You know, because the virus once it leaves, it, unfortunately, it doesn't always um, leave everybody back to their usual state of health. It go from mental illnesses to some severe. Transverse myelitis, where a person cannot move the arm, the leg. So you got to move fast because you can devastate a population if you did not bring a close to that that virus. The virus of 1918, it was 1918, 1919, probably 1924 went away. So we know it can go two or three years. So it can be quite devastating. But we don't want to wait that long. Now the other ones, cancers, the HIV, etc. Um, um, uh, the cancers are, are one thing because it's more than one. It just, they're, they're everywhere. There are some cancers that you have some vectors similar to that they ain't vaccines uh, that, 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 that probably can play some role in, um, in, the, in, 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 in um, treating, you know, because um, cancer does not quite work as a, like a virus does. Uh, uh, it's a whole different kind of pathophysiology behind cancer as opposed to viruses. And there are different pathophysiology behind different kinds of cancers. You know, we do know what can help prevent cancers, because um, it is old data. But at the top of the list is smoking. You know, uh, at the top of the list, you know, increased fat fat in, intake, decreased exercise, family history, et cetera. So that's what other factors that play a role in us having cancers. We probably could bring cancers almost to a meal or low point, uh, even in African-American populations, if we just could get the stuff into place and do the screening, to do the proper um, um, uh, 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 testing, et cetera. So, so they kind of live it differently and just a little bit. You won't be able to get a vaccine for cancers. Now for HIV disease, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, there have been efforts at that, but uh, I think because of the mutation of the, of the virus, uh, uh, because of that, you never get exact vaccine for, for, for um, uh, uh, HIV. But guess what though? With this messenger RNA talk, uh, we might be able, they might be able to push it forward now because messenger RNA had been pushed out the door for years. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was not acceptable science. You know, it was it was laughed at in the in late 1980s, early, early 1990s. Now I've seen papers on folks just go crazy, like, you know, they start the door. But now with this one, it might be the opening door to develop vaccines for HIV disease and for other viral and bacteria-related diseases. What we do for cancer, per se, they're going to be a different kind of pathway. Because we got, now, the good thing about cancer is now, with this table therapy and based off this creating these, these, these uh, replicating these um, uh, exact cell of a person, uh, you can develop antibodies uh, uh, that specific uh, uh, for cancers. And uh, it's part of some of that genetic and immunotherapy that we talk about now. And, um, and uh, even at Morehouse, you know, um, we have a couple of our guys who, who, who are quite keen with that. It might play a role in this research too, but you can actually tailor the cancer therapy uh, to it. But, but I know you're another side, say, how about a vaccine for it? And I think out of that will come these other ways. Family at high risk, maybe they need to get this kind of uh, messenger RNA that will produce this uh, um, antibodies already in the body that will kill the cancer cells. So it's slow, but sure. And maybe this will be the wake-up call. And folks like you fussing about it, saying, wait, you did it before, do it now. There you go. So, so, so there, 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 there appears to be 
two vaccines. We talked about the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine. Can you uh, tell us the differences between the two? Should some people take the Pfizer and other people take the Moderna, or does it matter? It, it doesn't really matter because they are they they got the same mechanism behind them. Uh, they are both messing RNA virus uh, 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 vaccines. They mess RNA vaccines. Uh, um, 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 uh, uh, cost, you know, Pfizer gonna have a, a up and up on it because Pfizer is older, company bigger. It beat them to the draw to create the vaccine, etc. But it's probably based off mechanisms. Uh, they won't they won't be much much different. I don't believe at all. Um, now, uh, uh, no, because we don't know how long either of them gonna last. You know, that's the fusser behind them. Some say, will they last six months? You don't know because you, you have, we haven't been six months given it. The last right. year. And so we kind of, you know, <laughs> you kind of, uh, folks say, walking through the dark pathway and the light is behind you and you're walking forward and the light behind you, you know where you've been, but you don't know what you're going into. Mm-hmm. And so that's what these viruses are kind of, these vaccines are doing for us. We don't know what we're walking into. But we have to trust them just a little bit because if you don't uh, walk forward with them and hope, uh, uh, you might look behind you and see just devastation in terms of death, devastation in terms of morbidity, people sick everywhere, and that's what that's the fear. And is that fear that drove this folks to put this vaccine out there quick and early? And and the safest one is the one that uses no live vaccine at all. They don't come from a live uh, a live virus at all. They usually use live viruses and kill it off, then you give it, et cetera. That's part of the process. But these are all, this is all a dead process. No live vaccines to do for their body. So mm-hmm. Moderna and Pfizer both use that same methodology. They're messing RNA virus. They're messing RNA vaccines. Both so, what, so what I'm getting from you is that in the both the Moderna and the Pfizer there's no live coronavirus inside that vaccination. So but what about a person like me? I'm an asthmatic. Um, I, I have a slight heart defect. Um, I've taken a flu shot twice in my life, once in my 20s. Got so sick, was in the hospital for a week. Then I did it on my 50th birthday. Got so sick, was hospitalized again for, for another week in the hospital from this vaccination. So... What about people like myself who are asthmatic, people who have had cancer, you know, and they're, you know, they're, you know, and, you know, have, you know, their yeah. autoimmune systems is, is, is weaker. You know, what about those people? What do you say to those folks? I would say to those po- folks, if you take the virus to precaution, but I also now, because it early in the virus, in terms of administering, not the virus, but the, but the vaccine, I would say, so a patient of mine directly, hold off. You know, don't don't go yet. Wait, let us find a little bit more. Uh, you know, you got to follow the precautions in terms of the mask wearing, follow the precautions in terms of um, the social distances and being out of crowds, et cetera. I would, I would not, I would not suggest to that person who has special IQ who has some adverse effects to that, to the vaccine. Uh, that vaccine you probably had infection is probably in what we call the solvent. It is what was what the protein they gave, how they dissolved it out to give it to make it into a, a liquid form. So it's in that solvent. And um and uh, but uh, but these solvents are all very similar. And so I would definitely hold out, especially since you don't know exactly what that solvent was. I would I would tell that person, no, you have what probably called an anaphylactic reaction to it. Okay, that's why you have to go to hospitalization, etc. So it is very severe. And uh, so I would hold out on you and say, let other folk go first and, and get to the precautions. That, that's my advice. So, so far, we, we have two incidents so far where in Alaska is reported two incidents that there was some type of reaction based on the, the vaccination. Is, could, could those gaps in the, 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 the clinical trials in terms of not having enough data from those who maybe are um, Asian or, or um, uh, Pacific Islanders or even children or women who are pregnant, is, is there gaps in the clinical trials where there's like there, there are populations or groupings that we have no clue how this virus is going to 
impact them or even if it's going to be effective? Uh, you're absolutely right, Linwood, because we're so early, early in the, in, in, on the front side of it. We got a lot of gaps out there, you know, and you name a lot of them, you know, pregnant women, you know, children. Even the folks that we have tested so far, I think the youngest was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. They, they, they range by 18 to 55. We got some folks on the other side of the, of the numbers, okay? But, 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 but you're absolutely right. And because we are in the middle of it, um, you, but you can only find it, though, when you get the folks who have those conditions to take that virus, you say to take that vaccine, or have had the virus, and, and you got some data from it. So, I, so we real early in this data. Remember now, you, you put that term out there, and you, and you were absolutely right. We rushed in about six, about, we asked about six. If we use March, we'll, uh, we're about nine months down. Mm-hmm. If you use January, we're about 12 months down. But the true stuff probably April. So you're probably talking about being about seven, eight months down into the whole thing. And, and the vaccine stuff in June, July, August, it hit the scene. You're about three or four months down. So we so we about three or four months into the vaccine part of it, and you're right, the data is still to be collected. We don't know for sure, you know, and I'll tell folks, uh, even when I when I talk with docs and other folks and my students, uh, you know, stop stop making it absolute. We don't we don't know yet. And there are questions out there, and let the folks raise the question out of the questions drives to what the research should be. Because let's say for instance, pregnant women say, look. I don't want to take the vaccine because y'all got no data on it. I mean, you got to go find some pregnant women who are willing to take the vaccine and collect that data. And, you know, and, and part of it is that you have to keep it safe while you're doing it. And, and so, so that's what we are. You have the right. Even among Afro-Americans, we ain't got no specific data. You know, we ain't got specific data, really. You won't be honest with you among even white Americans either. You know, they got a few here and there. You know, I'm told on the uh, Pfizer studies that was 30,000 people participated, 15,000 were placebo, that is the group that did not receive the actual vaccine. 15,000 did receive the vaccine, so you got 15,000 did, 15,000 did. Of the 15,000 that did receive the vaccine, the data that they showed us, I'm told, came from 94 people, because 94 people at four months, okay? So 94 people at the fourth month, uh, they followed and they put the data and and that and they were the folks who had the vaccine and 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 report a quote uh did they have uh, uh the uh, uh did they get the virus 89 of them did not get the virus after the vaccine five of them did so with that they came out and they said remember you heard the number 95 percent that's what that means okay it's, it's 89 plus 5 you 94. <laughs> okay. Mm. So 89 out of 94 is 95%. Mm. That's where that data comes from. And they mm. said, well, it was 100% on folks who had um, uh, the virus sick and you gave the vaccine. Now, that's very confounding because you say, wait a minute now, but weren't they on other stuff? Were they on the plasma? Were they on the um, remdesivir? Well, did, did, did you give them the, 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 the cocktail that the president received, which was actually the IgM, IgA antibodies? Uh, so you, so really, that's very confusing. All of it is, you know. So that's what I say. This does a, now they put the data out there to make folks like in the public to say, "Oh, this is a wonderful drug." Mm-hmm. Behind the scenes, say, "How in the world do you know wonderful drug?" And now on that, let me tell you another thing. They didn't tell you, did they tell you the eighty-nine who didn't get it? Were they wearing masks and practicing social distances? Didn't go to no parties, minimum contact in grocery stores, stayed at home every day. Was that why they didn't get it? Or because of the virus, because of the vaccine? Mm. So, so I'm telling you, so your dad is everywhere. So what, you, what we're in is what I call a trust phase. Uh, uh, even the public response to it is a, 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 a faith, a leap of faith, a compassionate kind of. Uh, a demonstration that we know we got problems, we got to move fast, so they trust in the system and going forward. It ain't because that data is so strong. You know, the data, and they could make that data like I just told you, everybody about it, wait, wait a minute, I ain't no folks took the thing yet, but I do right. know that. I know the data because, I, I know the data because I know the data. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> but you know what, uh, Doctor Crawford, you hear this this term herd immunity. What is herd immunity? What does that mean to me? And what does that mean to my community? What is herd community? Herd immunity. Yeah. What is that? You know that herd immunity takes place in a population when six to seven percent of our population has gotten a disease, and when that happens, the likelihood of disease being spread to other folks in the population goes down to less than one percent. It just dropped way down, almost to nil. Okay, so it means that. It, and it comes from a, the, the thought pattern that you get a lot of folks together and a lot of folks who come together and, and, and they, it was all, they were spread the vi- they were spread a virus or some other disease among themselves, like a bacteria. And, and once they all get it, uh, uh, the likelihood of folks who they come around made the 30, other 30, 40%, they won't get the, that disease. Uh, they won't get that virus. They won't get that bacteria. So that's what the herd immune thing is. So you're immuning folks by, uh, by, by the, uh, that was originally by, by folks getting the disease. And when you get a certain folks with the disease, you know, the likelihood of other folks getting it dropped down less than 1% or whatever that percentage is. So that was herd, herd immunity kind of thought. With uh, the vaccine, how you get herd immunity to that, you, uh, you get everybody the vaccine up to, in this population, America, we need 200,000 people, rough, 200 million, I'm sorry, uh, 200 million people out of 350 million. That give about 6% of the folks um, who will have um, um, uh, antibodies uh, are been exposed, may I say, uh, to the to, to the virus. Uh, you got you get exposed because you got the virus, are you exposed because we created uh, in your system by way of a vaccine that the bodies respond as though you had the virus. That's herd immunity. When you have a large group a person within a population, more than you more than two-thirds of them, get a disease, and that and because they had it, the likelihood of passing along just dropped bottom down. Uh, and that's what we're, that we're looking at uh, when they say herd immunity. Mm-hmm. So the thing that I'm seeing now mm-hmm. with the without with our community, African American community, is similar to um how we are always viewed in terms of messaging. What I'm hearing the messaging for uh, black folks with this virus is um, in a sense that we're being talked at. Mm-hmm. They're not talking to us, they're talking at us. Meaning um, it, it's in your best interest to take the virus, to get, I mean, the vaccine. It's in your best interest because most people who are being affected by it are um, disproportionately African-Americans. Um, but what they're not taking into account is that this is how the language and the narrative historically has always been. It's that we are being talked at. For example, <laughs> what, is, what else do you have to lose? Vote for me. What else do you have to lose? Other respect from it. If you don't, if you don't vote for me, then you're not really black. Right. We we hear the, we hear this this message this messaging all the time, and now the messaging is like this is this is you know what, um, this is in your best interest, and if you don't do this, then you you're not you're not um doing things that's going to be beneficial to everyone. So um, don't think. Just listen and do what I say. And so we are being talked at. And I think that that creates an even greater barrier. How, how can we, and I think is I think that is really past trust, G. I think it's baked into us being traumatized for hundreds of years. Yes. You want me to trust science. Okay, so let me tell you what science did to me. Science uh, cut me up. Science experimented on me. Science uh, gave me uh, 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 diseases or watched me uh, have a disease and didn't treat it just to see Tuskegee. the Tuskegee, mm-hmm. just to see the pathology of it, of the disease. You cut my women up to experiment them on, on techniques for um, uh, um, OBGYN purposes. This is what you have done to 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 my my people, my race, 
since we've been in, on, on, in, in, in these Americas, these North Americas, and, and you are talking at us, how can we change that? Because we are all rational human beings. I understand why I'm a pro-vaxxer. Okay. G understands why he's uh, he's not an anti-vaxxer, but he's cautious. And you are a medical doctor. Everything about medicine is evidence-based. But you're still a human being, too. So how, how can we talk to our community, not at them, but talk to them, so that they can make up their own mind, but an informed decision, understanding that the trauma is real? Yeah, you're right. You know, <clears throat> you know, um, the approach to Black America has always been to us. Uh, let me make it very plain. I'm, I'm, I'm part of us. I'm mm-hmm. very much part of us. Mm-hmm. Has always been to come to us almost in a sense never recognizing our trauma. They want us to forget about the past and talk about now and run forward. So it left for us when they come, say, no, 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 no. Let's talk about this first. You know, this is this is the spirit that we come from because it does shape now. Whether you say it, it still shapes now. Whether you recognize it, it still shapes now. So that past shapes the now. So we have to, we have to be cautious on that and bring it up and let people express that peace. Then being informed, we have to give right data. We have to give information that's right. Uh, sometimes information is not right. Uh, uh, and, 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 and they push down your throat, as you mentioned, uh, the benefits. If you don't, you won't get this, you won't get that. You know, which is ridiculous, you know, um, uh, uh, sometimes because that's talking down to us. It's almost a paternalistic kind of approach to what happens with black folk. If y'all don't, even like, for instance, I'll give you a good example about participating in research. If y'all don't participate, they have no data on us. I always say, well, yes, they are. They already got it. <laughs> 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 because, you know, they got that data already. Stop it. You know, mm-hmm. they, they lie, you know, that they, they, they want to participate so it can make it, so they legitimize what they got Ill, improperly. Mm-hmm. But medical apartheid has been real uh, uh, in our country. It, it ain't no, and, and let me make it very plain. It is not a distant past that go back to slavery up to now, uh, but it's now. Let me give you a good example. You want to see American apartheid taking place. You trace what happened across the nation to poor people and and a, a cost majority of that poor, how many brown and black people, black folks like us, Afro-Americans uh, and Africans, you would go in with COVID and they would tell you, um, go back home and call us when you stop when your breathing gets bad. Go back home, call us when the fever gets so bad and come back in then. You say, wait a minute, I'm sick as a dog now. Mm-hmm. So I got to go back home, get sick, Come back, when I come back, we put in the hospital, put in ICU, put on the ventilator, don't know what's gonna happen to me. I die, 50% chance of dying, and boom, down dead. And that would happen in the southern portion of Georgia, happen around Washington, D.C. That would happen around New York City. Let, let, let's be honest with you. That would happen around LA. That would happen over over, over that youngest Texas. And you go across the nation and you pull those pockets out because it was denial of care. And it was a delay of care. Mm-hmm. Nothing but modern day apartheid. Yes, we have to be honest about the conversation while at the same time saying it can be benefit, but are you gonna be you gonna be fair about us? And that's and that's what I think this whole year has done to all of us is is waking us up again. And waking up that African American who swear by God's heaven that we done made it. We done made what? You know, uh, uh, the African-American who's saying that it's, it's them. That is the them they talk about, black folks who they feel didn't try. You know, they didn't take the opportunities. I see that from those who are international sometimes who come to our country. They don't try. I'm going, what you mean they don't try? You ain't never walked in their shoes. You ain't never slept on the streets of New York City. Mm-hmm. You ain't never been called nigger. Mm-hmm. You ain't never had your house burnt down. You ain't never gone to the hospital and they put you in the end of the line until you go back home to the next day. You ain't never been shot. You, what, what you talking about? 
They ain't never choked you to death in the streets. They ain't never shot you and, and just in broad daylight like and smile on their face and smirking. What you talking about? You don't know what you're talking about. You cannot define the experience. African-Americans must define the experience of African-Americans. And other folk can join in. And when we tell them to hush, hush, we don't need you to, we don't need your opinion because we're going to drive the whole thing in a way. Every right in this country that people across the world experience, it didn't come because they came in and made it happen. It happened because Afro-Americans raised more hell than hell could be raised to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And we're still doing it. We are the one that pushed the issue. We are the one that going to make it happen. We are that, we are the, we are that generation. So that we're seeing now. So I think we we had a we had a turning point, and we're sick of it. I hear it from you, Lynn. I hear it from you, Gary. I hear it from myself. I'm sick of it. Don't come with this. Don't come with this. La la, push this down my throat. If you don't do it, y'all sick and y'all ain't gonna have. Well, if that is the case. Then come with all the data. Be honest about it. Tell me then. Well, if you take the vaccine and you get transverse myelitis, we're gonna come behind you and we're gonna make sure you're taken care of. If you tell me that if you take this vaccine and look three months from now and you can't work and you got a family, we're going to come and give you some money for your family. Now, that I can help us out. <laughs> That's how I can help it. Don't, don't, be, don't be talking about this stuff. You got to have something in line to help me when I'm down. That's what should be the force and the power we put on the government. Even anybody that takes it, say, look, the government had to step in. You got to disable them some kind of way. Make sure that they can survive. Because I don't think it's gonna kill anybody. I don't think that's gonna, gonna happen then and Gary at all. You, you, and I don't think nobody's gonna die from it. If it is way down, what's gonna happen is you might have the complications that you might not be able to see now. And black folk wanna be able to say, if it happens, will you identify? If it happens, will you help me? That's what that would I think in my mind. So if you give me the vaccine, that, that, I'm, gonna ask, I'm gonna ask the school ambassador. I'm gonna take the vaccine. If I if I fall weak tomorrow, think I got, I, I ain't. I ain't, I'm old, but I ain't old enough to retire. Right. <laughs> you know, I plan to be right here 20, 20 more years working. Uh, you know, what are you going to help me out with? And that's the question on the floor. How do you help us? And I think you come with that kind of honesty with us. We respond better. We love it better. We embrace it better. It's like with this political scene in Georgia, in the, and we call Georgia that, that plum. I know it's in 2008, we called Georgia the political plum. One of those old newspaper articles when Obama, uh, President Obama was, 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 was actually first won. But the, the plum is this. For us, the plum is before these folks are elected, we get promises from them what you're going to do for us. Right. And what we need done for us, we don't want, we don't want, we want more just the right to vote you in. Hey, that all be that way. And that natural. You better go do that. We ain't, we ain't argue with you about it. You're going to get that done anyhow. Mm-hmm. What we need you to tell us is that we're going to make sure, based off the past hurts and harms, that we're going to get our reparation. And it doesn't have to be called that. I don't know what you call it. We're going to guarantee if you go to a college, a public college, you get this much paid if you're African-American and you can, you can do it. All, all, all you got in African descent, I don't care. Uh, we, we're gonna make sure that if you if you um, uh, uh, want a business, uh, if you can get the paperwork together, small business administration will stand behind it. Won't make you go through the hoops and the hoop laws. Will give you the same privileges and opportunity to give a white business of a white boy who ain't done nothing. He got all kind of money and go do a business, and that he is. And you go shoot and you make sure it works. And only I talk that way because I'm I'm privileged and, and fortunate enough to know someone who did. Mm-hmm. I did definitely Atlanta, Georgia, back in 1990s. There was a gentleman here. He had one wonderful name. Part of the name was Malcolm. And um, he was a white gentleman, though. Malcolm was a white boy in Atlanta who went into building business. Ain't, ain't had a pair of drawers that he could buy himself. Couldn't even, as my mother would say, didn't have a pot to piss in, but yet end up with all of these millions. You say, how in the world that happened? They say, oh, we'll trust him. What? You trust him with $10 million? Yes. And they went there, put all the stuff in the place. Oh, he had great, great ideas. The banks got around him. And they and you know when he went down, when the 2007, when he went down, by that time, they had given almost $90 million had gone through his hands to help develop 
the south side of Atlanta, close to Greater Hospital, Edgewood, back into the Midtown area. You say, gracious. Ain't had no biker, no. Had any money, no. Had folks, they found investors. They found the folks supported. And they made sure it happened. They made sure they were on the ground to make sure that the building got built right. And that's one of the stuff that we have to ask for, too. We, we always, uh, and, and the worst thing about it, see, 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 what I criticize is our politicians are weak. Let's be honest about black politicians. They're weak. And you say, how do I know they're weak? Because they only think about when will I be reelected? Just like run by, you know, you know, when I'm getting reelected. Some of them are strong. These women are strong as strong as rattlesnakes you know, across America. These with Betty women mass. They they tell off governors and presidents too. They they so they so strong. They go tell the president, if you don't like Black Lives Matter, we're gonna make a street right in front of where you see it every day. And when you drive down there, you're gonna know that we we're we gonna show you who in charge is. <laughs> but you ain't my you ain't my daddy. So 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 I love it. But yes. I have to keep saying they they they, they go weak agendas. You know, go with agenda to help the people. How you gonna help the people? They tell you what the agenda is. Pull it out of them. Go where they are. And find their problems. It can be radical. Who said in the world they don't have to be radical? I like the thing. When they talk about Warnoff in Georgia, radical. That's what Jesus was. Radical. The man was crazy. Jesus wasn't taking no junk. He he called it. He called it. He said, go tell Herod, the man who runs around Jerusalem and who was king and in charge. Go tell Herod, go tell Herod, that fox. Call him a fox. Almost, you know, that's bad. You know, fox, he run through the woods, you know, call him a fox. I call him a dog, no good rascal. Go tell that fox, you know, that I'm coming to Jerusalem. You know, because in a sense, he was radical. He had a different movement. And radicalism, that's what brings about the wonderful changes. It was radical even as to vote. It was radical to even as for the right of a Mohawk School of Medicine. 1975, y'all need no school of medicine. White folk got enough schools, so y'all will let 10 of y'all in every year. That's enough. Radical. And anything that go against the norms in America that bring back the rights for a good poor people, always. What is radical about feeding people? That's a basic right. Jesus said feed them. What is radical about wanting to clothe them? That's a basic right. What is radical about wanting to educate them? What is right? What is radical about them want to know about this virus thing before you give them the shot? Ain't nothing radical about it's just basic, basic human dignity and decency that the nation must, must guarantee. Not to you because your skin is a certain color or you grew up in a certain area. I went to a certain college. I grew up on the right side of the railroad track. All that foolishness. Not by them just some social determinants. Determinants. We should, we should do it based off the right that we are human beings on one planet. And whether you like it or not, we're on this same boat. And if this boat, if 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 you got me mad, I'm down in the hull of that boat, and and I'm mad long enough. Don't you forget it. I ain't gonna let that boat sail nowhere. I'm gonna dig a hole in it, and we gonna all sink. Uh, we can sink together, or we can float together. You make up your mind. All right. Yes. <laughs> all right. Yes. The, the preaching. The preaching came out. You brought the preach out. Yes. That's what I'm talking about. All right. <laughs> Excellent. So, Dr. Crawford, um, on behalf of G talking all that jazz, man, we want to thank you so, so much for enlightening us, you know, regarding this vaccination. And um, let's say, are you are you writing any books? Are you, you know, any, any, you know, what are you doing? Uh, you know, tell us, you know, you know, if people want to get to know you or find out more about you or, you know, or any kind of research you're doing. Or your church. Yeah, your church. Mm-hmm. About your church, you know. Tell us how, how people can find your church and yeah. how they can, you know, uh, support now, you. Now, church now, we do air on every week. Um, it's, it's the First St. Paul AME Church uh, on YouTube, First St. Paul AME. Uh, you can find us there airing on Sunday morning at 10, and we keep it called to keep all our sermons and our other stuff on there. And our Bible stuff done on Wednesday night at um, uh, 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 7 o'clock. Um, uh, on, on, the, on the same uh, um, avenue, we do, we do a Facebook piece we kind of cut that back some because folks interfered and making crazy threats and stuff. So we cut it back a little bit. So we have to be careful on that one right now. But our other piece, our Facebook page, uh, it will be back up. So it'd be First St. Paul, uh, Dar Og, that, that Facebook page that we got going. 
And um, so those are the pieces out there. Now on the writing side, I'm glad you mentioned that too. Uh, um, 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 I got to, I got to sit down and, and I do some writing. I got stuff scattered everywhere. It's it just a matter of putting together. You know, I, I got tons of stuff written. It already written. I need to organize it because usually on my weekly pieces for sermonic pieces, I go and write them. The reason why I write because I always say that the human mind when it goes to creativity, if you don't put it on paper nowhere, you might say it one time and you forget it for a lifetime. But you put it on paper, you remember it for a lifetime. So, I, so, so that's an important piece. And being around folks like Lynn, too, you know, I, I, I noticed his, the first thing stuck me out with him was his social consciousness, uh, as he was telling our students about um, uh, about the, the interpersonal skills that he kind of already our students on. But it, it stands out, and, 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 and they might understand from where he come, but I know where that could come from, because he experienced that the other side that's very important uh, for us, you know, because he's part of our future lives and how we treat each other. You know, and that's so important. You know, how are you going to treat black man, treat black man? Uh, are you going to side with Trump and the others and beat us down? Uh, are you going to side always with those at the bottom and try to bring them up? And I don't say side with them when they're wrong. You correct them when they're wrong. You know, and if they stay wrong, depart from them. Throw them out of the bag and move on. But but as a whole, they're not. They just, they just, they just don't know. Ignorance is, is bliss, and ignorance is everywhere. Our folk can be ignorant in a minute. White folk can be ignorant in a minute. White House is ignorant. So ain't nothing to talk about. Ain't nothing to be bad about. White House, the whole White House is ignorant. So what? Come on, y'all. You can't talk about black folks being ignorant. The whole White House is ignorant. They say the most ignorant thing. Think of the man, the most powerful man in the world, can treat the most ignorant things that you make. Even the man on the street drunk ain't in the right mind and say, why he treated that? Because you know, so we can't we can't call nobody nowhere in America. Uh, the whole country, before that was concerned, then you know, be, you know, we had our worst, as you all mentioned. So we got a while to go, you know. Yes, so well, I know you all already. I ain't got. I know we are already. You know, I can see a black man anywhere. If you're honest, if you're from America, I know him already. Yeah, if you're honest with himself, now he can lie. Michael, he went to certain schools, uh, got certain money. Like, yeah, you you deny who you are, but we ain't. Because at the end of the day, we're gonna need each other to do it. And that's why I do like our Canada in Georgia too, because I think that brother is a brother. You know. See, he know what the hurt is. And y'all, they tell my open the prisons up and let their children go. His brother was in prison. In prison improperly and appropriately and, and, and illegally. For something he did not do for about thirty years, I believe. That's, that's a hurt in a family. His daddy died with a son in prison who shouldn't have been in prison. His mother, you know, you know, living with that hurt and that harm. He had 11 siblings, you know, and he's the youngest of those siblings, I'm told, if I'm getting it right. But he's seen that hurt. And they ain't radical, they just, they come and say, why you want a black man in jail? He ain't done nothing wrong. You know, I know, so, so that's the kind of, stuff that we have. And I hope this vaccine come to the forefront. Yes, and sir. I hope there's some left for us to get. Um, yeah. And, and I, we need both of y'all. We need a pro and anti. You don't need everybody on the same page. Mm-hmm. You're on the same page, you'll make an error. You need some pro and cons in every room. You need somebody saying, hell no. You need somebody saying, hell yes. <laughs> yes, sir. You got that right here with me and Jazz. Yeah. And we will absolutely be on that on that page. Yes, that's, sir. That's important. Yeah. And uh, folks like me got to get in the middle and get the right data to throw at yes. and yes. let you all from from the a a a, a, a folks a, a non another uh bias standpoint, they opposite, they throw this stuff out until we hear the truth come. Yes, we will come. You have to tarry for truth to come. It's like what happened in when Jesus said he sent the Holy Spirit. He could have sent it on day one. Boom. Shout and running, talking about they speaking in tongues. 50 days. He set them up there. 50 days. You can imagine they have that 50 days, 50 folks together, 50 days, back and forward. You all, you, you all get sick of each other in 50 days. I'm, <laughs> I'm sick of him. I'm sick of him now. Right now, I'm sick of him. You know, but um, and you know, another part of public I do get concerned about that we're gonna let slip though. If the homeless group, they're gonna let slip through that crack. 
going to sift through that crack, that crew that's that's addicted. I think that crew, I think that drug, yeah, drug and homeless people, that's going to be a major thing. And we probably need to talk about that on another podcast, Jazz. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to bring this one to a close. So, Jazz, you have any final remarks for us, Jazz, before we close out? Just just uh, just want to thank you, Dr. Crawford, for coming on, um, enlightening us not only about the virus, but about um, our community, our spirituality, vaccination yes. about our spirituality and, and how we are um, uh, the, the connectiveness with, within us or in our community is important. That, that was one of the things um, this podcast that we wanted to convey was the brotherhood, as you mentioned, that exists with me and G. And we wanted to give that story. We want, we want to tell younger people that story. And um, you, you said it so eloquently when you said that you can spot a black man anywhere and you already know him. Yes. You have an idea about who, who that who that person is. And that is so that is so very true. So, again, I just want to thank you for for coming on and, and enlightening us. And uh, um, hopefully we, we are going to do a, a follow up. Um, maybe six months from now after everyone's vaccinated and see yeah we have to on. love to have you back on and see yeah. what that data looks like six months from now you know we so uh, closely yeah <laughs> so um this concludes our podcast for the night I'm G and I'm jazz and it's a G talking all that jazz and we're out peace <laughs>